welcome back to Madness in the Method, the podcast where we talk exclusively, well, almost exclusively, about Nicolas Cage. But we do exclusively talk about Nicolas Cage movies. My name is Tobias, and with me as always is my friend and trusty co-host, Kisnofer. Hello, everyone. Hello. And just before we get into this, uh, you're going to have to excuse me. I am suffering from a, a severe case of uh, a man cold. So uh, if I sound a little weird, or if I'm wheezing, or, or huffing and puffing, it's just gonna, it's, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> anyway, on with the show. Today we're talking about the 2006 released World Trade Center, directed by Oliver Stone, starring, of course, Nicolas Cage, among others. Michael Pena, Maria Bello, and some other people. Uh, it's, you know, it's a story about two, you know, two, two, two police families, I suppose, on, on the day of the 9-11 tragedy. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty straightforward movie. Yeah. So, uh, had you seen this before? I'd not seen it before. Yeah. What did you, what did you, uh, what do you think you would think about it? (laughs) Um, I think... At the at the time of the release, I didn't really care for movies like that. No. Uh, I, I I thought it was going to be super overly sentimental, which you know, of course it was going to be. You know, I I understand that now that I'm a little older. <laughs> um, and now, like preparing for this, since it was a um, Oliver Stone movie, I, I I I thought it was going to be a little more gritty than it is. Mm-hmm. Um. Because you know, they, I found out this is like his first and maybe only PG thirteen movie. Um, but I, other than that, I didn't really have any other th- you know thoughts about it before watching it. Um, what about you? Uh, yeah, so I I haven't seen it, and I we talked before about that uh, that I'm not a big fan of Oliver Stone. Yeah. Uh, so as I usually say, he. he Makes boring movies about real things. Yeah. Uh, so I was not looking forward to this movie. I I was thinking this this sounds exactly like an Oliver Stone movie <laughs> in in all the worst way for me. So I I wasn't um, yeah I wasn't thrilled <laughs> before I watched it. All right. And now now having seen it though, what do you think about it? It's definitely an Oliver Stone movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I... This movie, it's... It's good movie making, definitely. Uh, all the parts are there. But I... My biggest... I I didn't enjoy it, really. It was... Okay. Most of the movie was very long and very boring. Uh, and then it was a real emotional climax, which yeah, of course it is. Uh, and yeah, it sort of got to me, definitely, the climax of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't think it deserved that, really. Um, well... I, I think my, my biggest gripe with this movie is that it's too many characters that we just cut to, from character to character to character to character, and a lot of the most interesting things is happening off screen. Uh, so I yeah I I didn't feel like there was really until the end a real emotional core 
there wasn't really any characters. There was just like situations. It, it felt like it was it was a movie with only extras, sort of. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I, 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 see, I see what you mean, definitely. I have yeah. similar complaints. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what, what, what do you think? Well, I... <laughs> excuse me. I loved the first... Yeah, I, 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 I guess the spoilers, you know what it's about. And they kind of they spoiled the, the, the fate of our two heroes, so to speak, in the beginning of the movie anyway. And this they is do. based on... Yeah, because they say this is based on, like... Um, uh, accounts of survivors from the day, so you kind of oh, know that they're going to survive. Right. And yeah. I mean, it's based on real stuff, you know. That they had done interviews with them after the attack and everything. So, yeah. if you knew, you knew. But whatever. Spoilers. Mm. Um, yeah. I I I thought it was a really good movie, um, up until and including them getting stuck in the elevator shaft or elevator area. Yeah. After that. Um, since they literally have nothing to do, this is Michael Pena and um, uh, Nicholas Cage. Yeah. They're the two surviving officers uh, stuck in in the building. Um, a lot of the time is spent with them just laying there, like trying to survive. And yeah, sure, it's harrowing, but it go- it's too much. Like I, I would have, I, I had hoped that it would have focused more on characters outside of the buildings. Trying to save them. Yeah, I would either that the main characters were like the people who were who were this the 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 rescue team. Yeah, the or guy, the guy played by uh, Michael shit. Shannon. Ah, he was a little creepy, but that's Michael Shannon. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, of, uh, yeah the EMT guy played by Deacon Frost. What's the guy? Um, Deacon Frost from Blade. Um, the the, the uh, actor oh shit what's his name I don't know who you're talking about <laughs> no I don't I don't have the thing up he was a kid but, actor and then he played the villain in Blade what the fuck is his name oh that guy oh right 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 uh, I know who you mean now um, it's uh, Stephen Dorf Stephen Dorf sorry Stephen Dorf right yeah. yeah yeah so either yeah because I was thinking either following like him or his team the rescue team yeah or we do like um, uh, 127 hours uh, where we only stay down there with them and have this emotional thing for them to survive and we don't see what's happening outside. Um, yeah. Either of, either of those two, but it's... It, eh. <laughs> and this... All the like herring when they're down there, it's so sort of superficial and not interesting yeah it's like it's all it's come it's like the the movie well their part of the movie can be summed up to hey don't fall asleep tell me about your family that that's that's everything that happens down there yeah and i i think that's that's part of the um yeah, I don't want to be insensitive. Part of the problem when you're doing a movie about real people, because mm. they're not like real people and real stories aren't always as cinematic as you know yeah. made up stories. So I'm sure they were just lying there trying not to fall asleep. Yeah. Um, I mean they didn't they couldn't do much. So telling a story about those two, um, yeah, what they went through was horrible, but the actual minutia of what happened. 
it's not very interesting. Yeah, and for lack of better words. Yeah, and again, this is how Oliver Stone makes movies. It's that is that it is real accounts with real people. What actually happened is more interesting than making a good movie. Well, I mean, uh, he's he's made more interesting movies than this. Have you seen JFK? No, I have not seen JFK <laughs> because it is an Oliver Stone movie, and I know I don't like Oliver Stone movies. Yeah, I I have seen his fucking Double View, uh, what? the the with George W. Bush. Oh, oh, I I haven't seen that one actually. That's super boring. And also, see, we saw Born on the Fourth of July. That's not yeah. really a, a, a real account, I think, but it's still kind of boring. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we we didn't we, we didn't we didn't love it as much as I I thought we would. No. So yeah. Um. Yeah. Nah, I I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, that's their arc. Which yeah. Is, uh, again, up until the elevator elevator fa- uh, shaft, great work from yeah. everyone. Yeah. Very very intense, very interesting. Except maybe I was a little. Annoyed that there there were so many scenes of them looking at someone who is hurt, and then there's a slow motion scene, and it's like, yeah, we've done this like four <laughs> times now in a row. Come on. Um, and then there were the a big issue I had with the movie was that they when we cut to their families, yeah, they all because we cut to a few families, not just their families, a, a few other families too, yeah. Uh, and all of the families call their uh, the, the the people who are in the disappeared. Uh, their husbands. Them, yeah, their husbands call them by their first name, but when they talk, we they only call each other with last names. Yeah. So I I it took like more than half the movie to realize who is <laughs> married to who. <laughs> well, they 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 telegraph it pretty good with. Um... Maggie Gyllenhaal. They show the picture of her with Michael Pena. Um, yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, there is the other one because they're first at the house of the lady with the brown hair and the purple blouse or whatever it is. Yeah. And I can't remember who she was married to or if they ever yeah. mention it. Then we find yeah. out that Maria Bello, the blonde woman with the blue eyes and the blue shirt, that's uh, McLaughlin's wife, uh, yeah. Nicholas Cage's wife. But yeah, it, take, yeah, it took a while for me like, so, is he married to that woman or that? Oh, it's that woman. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that was a gripe. But but anyway, it, with the families again, it's the same thing as uh, the people in the elevator shaft. It's this. Yeah, it's sad. Hmm. Yeah, but oh, they're, most they're of the sad. Time, yeah, most of the time you're just sitting in rooms waiting. Yeah. And, and it's a movie about waiting. <laughs> yeah, which I'm sure it was in real life. And that could be interesting, but this movie drags it out. This should have been like 90 minutes. This is over yeah. 130 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's too long. And, and and also, they have like all these... I, I think, uh, yeah, Michael Chandler's character. Yeah. Was, uh, which apparently is a, a real person. Yeah. I, I didn't think so but yeah no uh, they, they were that was one of the criticisms of the movie god back in the day that they felt he was kind of portrayed as this crazy christian soldier when that was really the case in real life yeah. mean, he, he was all those things but it's michael shannon so he comes off as this possessed like demonic man yeah. but hey that's michael shannon right? can't uh, really blame him 
even when he plays a good guy, he feels like a bad guy. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> my my I just got it. Have you seen Nocturnal Animals where he plays a cop or a sheriff? No. Oh no, my god. He's a sheriff with like terminal cancer, he's got nothing to lose. It's the scariest like protagonist <laughs> character ever. Uh, anyway, anyway. Uh but yeah, so I I think his his character and that character arc sort of was was interesting, but we only got like ten minutes of that. Yeah, there should be more. I mean, I, I found out after reading about the the real characters, he was there for nine days afterwards helping people yeah. sorting through the rubble and everything. Maybe if they made him a little more affable, it could have been fun to follow him some more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they they should have again. They should have stayed with the rescue team and just have these weird people because we have like this uh, the paramedic who is I lost his license. Yeah, uh, and then we have like the 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 rescue guy. Uh, and then we have Michael Shannon, and we have these interesting characters, and we should just have followed them. Yeah. Because they were more interesting. Honestly, they, they, yeah, they, they should have done, because you said, you said there were too many characters. I almost thought there was, yeah, there was a lot of characters, but the focus was on too few characters. They were, the focus was on Nicolas Cage and Michael Pena, and they don't do anything. Yeah. Like, I if mean, they split when... that focus on the other characters, and we get to know each character a little bit more... It could have worked as an ensemble movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's uh, when I said too many characters. It was what I meant was it was too many characters that they couldn't focus on anyone. Yeah, sure. They sure. just they just introduced new people sort of all of the time. Yeah. Same with the 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 Pat character. Uh, who? Who? Uh, <laughs> who? <laughs> uh, the, the guy who comes to Nicolas Cage's wife. Oh yeah, we have like, yeah. We're like we're like ha- more than half hour into the movie, forty five minutes into the movie, and then we just re- introduce new character. Oh, it's Pat. Who the fuck is Pat? Oh, it was Dad's friend who would come here if something happens. Okay, and then he's in the movie. All right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and Michael Shannon is, he appears in like the last thirty minutes of the movie, and is stop introducing characters. We have <laughs> enough. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I tried to, I, I, I tried, I tried, I didn't try anything, I just watched them. <laughs> I, I think they really wanted to capture all the characters from the real-life story, not, not leave anyone out of the, the story, out of yeah. respect. But in, in in doing that, yeah, they shortchanged a lot of characters. Yeah, it's this... Which doesn't make the, for a good It feels movie. like the, this movie is... It, this movie is for two people, two kind of kinds of people. Either people who has never heard of the World Trade Center that needed to understand that it was a bad <laughs> thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, either those people, the like four people in the world, uh, and people who were there and sort of want to have like a, uh, or it has as a personal connection to it. Yeah. It's like oh that it's that guy I know about that who has all this. Uh, like information beforehand, um, yeah. Where they can sort of in their own mind flesh out the the character. Sort of uh, when we talked last week about Wicker Man, yeah. Uh, how when you see the original Wicker Man, the new remake sort of makes more sense. Not good, but it <laughs> makes sense at least. Yeah. And it feels like this movie needed that. This this sort of 
knowledge beforehand to make it interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say that this would work much better as a documentary. Oh, yeah. With definitely. interviews from the people involved. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that could have worked. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that that thing. But it could have worked if they did the same thing like Band of Brothers. Where they... Uh-huh. They have a, they they have a movie, but then they cut into interviews of the real people throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the actual people, like you can see Nicolas Cage and uh, Michael Peña in, in the in the shaft, and then we cut to an interview from those the actual people when they explain what they felt and what happened in their mind. Yeah. Uh, I, I again, I'm not a big fan of that uh, way of storytelling, but generally, but it could have worked. It, it could have made a more impact. Yeah. Um, but as a movie, like just a movie, it's... I wouldn't say this is a good movie. No. It, it definitely falls short. Um, mm. Like I said, the the middle part is... It's a slog. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, like I said, the first... Up, up until the towers fall um, and then... As they yeah, as as we start moving outside the tower, and as Will Michael Pena's character gets rescued, from mm. there on, I think it works again. But uh, there's a big chunk oh. in the middle where it just doesn't. It's not exciting or interesting enough. Yeah, and it's it's sad because it's you know it's it's a it's a it's a moment in history that you know sh- should definitely be remembered yeah. by way of movies and documentaries I mean, and stuff. And it's sad that. <sighs> One of the movies isn't as impactful as it should have been. What this movie really would be good at, without changing anything, a situation I just come up with where, where this movie actually is, could be great, is in schools. Yeah. Think you, if you had had like a like a, a while when you have talked, you have researched the World Trade Center as in the classroom. You have talked about the different characters, what happened. Maybe you like wrote a report or something of it and then at the end of the before you go on to the next historic event you watch this movie when you know all those things where you actually just to get a sort of actual feel of it not just words on a paper yeah i think then it really could work if you really if you really have studied studied it for a while yeah and then watch the movie by just watching it watching the movie as like a guy from sweden who doesn't really we, I know it happened. I know the big, broad strokes, but I don't know any like real details. Then the movie falls kind of flat. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess you know they they couldn't justify a sixty million dollar budget if it was just going to be shown in schools, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course. And I they mean, would have, they would have the... to make it like as a documentary then, with like reenactments. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but apparently the movie. Did pretty great when it came out. So for the time, yeah. Like looking at the numbers now, it's like Jesus Christ, it flopped. But back then, no, that was fine numbers. And it made like yeah. what 169 something million dollars worldwide. Yeah, I think this was yeah 163. 163, yeah. Uh, uh, so like on a 60 million dollar budget, which which today is like oh shit, they must have lost so much money. Yeah. But back then, I'm I'm sure they made they it was all right, you know. <laughs> yeah, I read somewhere I don't, I don't remember where, but th- that this was like sort of one of his 
uh, best best selling movies were Oliver Stones. Yeah, I think it was like his best opening or something because he made eighteen million dollars in the first weekend or something. Mm. Which I I can understand. I mean, he he makes kind of niche movies, and this was definitely more of a you know everybody everybody has to go see it. You know, if you're in America, because you know it's it's about America. (laughs) Yeah, and. Again, the, like the filmmaking, the actual, the technical filmmaking is is pretty good. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That again, Oliver Stone is he is a, one of the great directors, definitely in just how to make movies. I just think he makes the picks the wrong topics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. but making movies is great, and there's a lot of good, interesting details throughout the movie where a lot of things like I saw that one point they put up like a poster for uh, or, a, or a billboard for Zoolander. Yeah. Zoolander actually opens right sort of after this. Yeah, it opened and just it... a few days after. Yeah. <laughs> so so all of these like there a lot of good small details and yeah. really even like the numbers of the um of the trucks are correct and the correct yeah. days and and all of these things. So there's a lot of attention to detail. Yeah. And work put into this movie. So uh, it should have credit for that at least, or just the fact that they they recreated Ground Zero like for real. Uh, like, from what I understand, most of it is actual set design. It's not it's not a bunch of green screen. Yeah, which is insane when they, when they zoom out of it, you realize how big it is. And then they yeah. did it in Los Angeles because they weren't allowed to to film in New York. They were like, yeah. "No, <laughs> you're not doing it here, bro." <laughs> Yeah, they 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 weren't even allowed to have actors looking up. Uh, yeah, I know. Which, I mean, I get it, but that's <laughs> yeah, insane. yeah, I, yeah. But yeah, I yeah, I get it. Uh, one thing that sort of made me chuckle uh, in this movie it was the opening. It's I know it is they needed to do it, but it seems so unnecessary to have a movie called World Trade Center and the movie sort of opens with. Uh, 11, September 11th, yeah, 2001. Yeah, yeah. Say, yeah, we know. Obviously, we know <laughs> when this is. I, mean, I was just thinking, it would be great if it would just open with, like, 31st October, <laughs> 2004. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I uh, it, it could have started, like, the day before or something. So, you know, it's good to at least point it out. But, yeah, it was a little like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, yeah, so, um, Nicolas Cage, then. Uh, again, he, he doesn't do that much. No, for the most part, we just see part of his face in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> in, in like, very uh, non-lit. Yeah. There was... So you barely see his face. You see his eye, I think, most of the time. Yeah, there were some shots of Michael Pena um, where they kind of zoomed out from the rubble, mm. and his face takes up, like, I'm not kidding... Four percent of the screen, and the rest is just black. And I'm like, could you just, you know, put some light in there for dramatic <laughs> yeah. effect to at least see the rubble? But this is a lot of wasted space. <laughs> uh, so I mean, it's it's hard to say anything. There was some flashbacks, and it was the beginning again. But he was, he didn't have that much to work with, and I don't think he should. The movie isn't made for. A good actor, so to speak. No, no, no. You it's... can't really show off uh, your acting skills because he's like this grumpy, all business police guy. Yeah. And there's like nothing really to work with. And again, there's no real 
personality to the character. No, we, they don't. They don't explore him any of them as characters much. We get a little bit. Yeah. Um, and and most of the flashbacks we see like he him and his wife. Yeah. It's mostly him just standing around smiling. Yeah. It's like when he's, he's fixing out, the roof. It, yeah. He's like, fix the roof. Ow. And she, the wife looks out and he just smiles back. Oh. Uh, yeah. And then when he, he, he uh, teaches his son to saw and then he looks up to his wife and smiles. And it's, yeah. Okay. It's, yes. it's, 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 it was those moments and the fact that it was very, very straightforward in telling what was going on. That made me think, like, why did they hire Oliver Stone to do this? The wow. the guy loves conspiracies, especially <laughs> surrounding, like, government officials or, you know, national secrets and stuff like that. Like JFK, like his movie about yeah. Snowden. Yeah, he, I mean, even starting with uh, The Platoon. I, I did read that uh, the studio said no to Kevin Costner in that role. Yeah. In Nicolas Cage's role, because the studio was... Scared that they were starting to make more conspiracy theories. <laughs> and it's I, like, oh, those two. Mm, no. And I, I, a few a few years ago, I mean, and uh, for a while, you know, I I was very interested in theories surrounding uh, uh, the the two towers. Um, and you know what actually happened, and, and watching documentaries and stuff. Mm. Um, and even even though. Most of the like large conspiracies were ha- have been debunked, like one hundred percent debunked. Like the whole jet fuel don't melt steel beams and stuff. Um, there is still there is there is still there is still something like titillating about the whole thing. There there is still some mystery to the uh, to the incident, the accident, whatever you want to call it, the tragedy. Um, and it feels it feels like. Oliver Stone, he he wanted to, because there are a, a few seconds where you know after like the the I guess it's melt, molten steel starts raining down on Michael Pena, mm. and he said, "Oh, I'm on fire! I'm on fire!" And there there's that big like wind gust, and he starts yeah. screaming, "What? Where did that wind come from?" You're like, "Yeah, what was that?" <laughs> Even if that was just you know because you know rubble shifted, so air came in or something. It was. It was just. Ah, it peaked your little like mystery sensor for a second, and I wish there was more surrounding the actual incident than just the actual incident. Yeah. Especially since it is Oliver Stone, but he, I guess, out of respect, chose to do it very straightforward, which I, I, I respect. But also, like, then couldn't you just pick any other director? Yeah. Uh. So yeah, regarding Nicolas Cage acting, yeah, it's sorry. fine. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing special. It's nothing bad. There's nothing really good. He he does a fine job. He he pulls uh, it off playing yeah. like the moments when he like panics. Like it, it feels believable that you know a, a, yeah. a rough rough New York cop can actually like panic and start just screaming the way he does. Yeah. And they uh, do that a couple of times, and then Michael Pena just starts crying um, because of the situation they're in. It's very believable. Yeah. So they pick good actors for it. Yeah. Uh, I, I did... When they got pinned, uh, I uh, I did have a thought, and I, I, I need to look this up. How did Nicolas Cage prepare for this role? 
because yeah. he does weird things to prepare for roles. <laughs> yeah. Did you read what he did? I read a little bit. <laughs> he like slept in a, and that's when he was like, shut himself in a sensory deprivation tank. Yeah. For like which, days. Which I gotta say, that's not the same thing. That's supposed to be like this, uh, you know, calming, almost like transcendental feeling. I'm guessing yeah. it's not the same thing as being pinned under a building, though. No. But I, I see what he means. Like you can't, you can't really feel your body. You don't know what time it is if you're upside down or whatever. Mm. So I get it, but it's just like, yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and did you really get anything from that? Did it? Did it help? Really? Did it? Not really, but it was nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's not much to say. Everyone does a fine job. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and there's I, not much to say about the acting, unfortunately. No, the, yeah, unfortunately not, especially not Nicolas Cage. Since, like we said, for the most part, we he doesn't move. We only see his face. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, there's a lot of talking about don't fall asleep, don't fall asleep. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cool, cool beans. It's almost like he's telling the audience. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, going over the reviews, it does it doesn't have that great reviews on the user side, at least. Really? No, it's like a six out of ten. Okay, well then it's kind of similar to the to the meta stuff. It's got a 66 meta score. Um, uh, did you read any reviews from the time? Because I, I have a feeling that the reviews from the time would be kind of skewed. Uh, yeah, a little bit. There, there are a lot of really high, um, high scoring reviews. Um, so I, I, like the 66, like we said, like it doesn't feel like it should be 66. Like looking at all the scores, it feels more like a. 75 almost but you know like like i found out you can't really trust the actual number so it's better just read the, the reviews but mm-hmm. the, the highest scoring is from newsweek and it's from the time i think um no no well i guess that is as well but i read from the new york times uh it says mr stone and they gave it a 9 out of 10 Mr. Stone has taken a public tragedy and turned it into something at once genuinely stirring and terribly sad. His film offers uh, both a harrowing return to a singular disastrous episode in the recent past and a refuge from the ugly, depressing realis- realities of its aftermath. Yeah. Um, and there was one... Uh, uh, well, now I can't... Wait, hold on. Let's see. should be here. Yeah, well, this was this was from Newsweek, the, the highest uh, the highest review. Um, World Trade Center celebrates the ties that bind us, the bonds that keep us going, the goodness that stands us rebuke to the horror of that day. Perhaps in the future, the times will call for a more challenging or polemical or subversive visions. Mm. Right now, it feels like the nine eleven movie we need. Yeah, so it's very you know. For the time, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't need people talking about, oh, who were the actual terrorists and investigate Tower 7? No, we needed a movie that, you know, yeah, brought people together. And it's very understandable. Um, yeah. That's also why I think he chose to do it much more straightforward than trying to look into weird details, like I said. I, I did read one review here. This, it's an 8 out of 10, so it's, it's a very favorable review. Yeah. But it sort of talks about what you what you said about why hire Oliver Stone. 
Yeah. Uh, and they say, Oliver Stone salutes the ordinary heroes for their extraordinary of this extraordinary circumstance. He puts himself way behind their stories. So far behind, in fact, that he's almost imperceptible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that review is, is sort of... It's more of a... Oh, I, I thought Oliver Stone would be Oliver Stone, but he wasn't. So that's uh, that's uh, good, sort of. It's it's um. <clears throat> it's kind of like... <laughs> it works because we call this a straightforward movie a lot. It's kind of like when David Lynch made a straight story which is just a movie about a guy on a on a lawnmower traveling across America. You've heard about <laughs> that, right? No, I haven't heard oh, about okay. that. Oh, okay. You know David Lynch, super weird movies, you know. Twi- yeah, yeah, yeah. Twin Peaks. I, I've, seen, I've yeah. seen a lot of David Lynch, but yeah. not that one. And he, I guess, heard a story, because I think it's based loosely based on real events, a story about this really old guy, like 80, 85-year-old guy, who finds out that his, like, childhood friend or something is dying from cancer but he's on the other side of america um and this guy is he's so old that they've they've he, he's not allowed to drive anymore because his, his vision is so bad oh. and everything so he sits down on his you know uh rideable lawnmower and drives across the country to go like talk to his friend before he dies and there's no <laughs> no weird stuff there's no, you know, visions or drugs or devils or anything. It's just this guy meeting people along the way and talking about his experiences with life and he's a war veteran and blah, 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 blah. It's a really cute, wonderful, beautiful story. But it's like, why did David Lynch make this movie? It's like, <laughs> similar to this. Like, yeah, it's really wonderful story about, you know, bravery and coming together, but how is this? Why did Oliver Stone pick this? I guess well, yeah. he didn't personally pick it. He was asked, and he said yes. I I know, <laughs> but, but still, you know, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the user views sort of all uh, either they're like a five or a six, uh, which says like it's not a good. It's kind of a boring movie, but I mean, it's an important story to tell. Yeah, sort of. and that That's is. Sort of, <laughs> That's sort of the reviews of ever, ever, most people. And then there are obviously a few, like, 8 out of 10, 10 out of 10s, and they are, like, they are, I think, the people based on reviews that actually were sort of connected to it, because they're like, I cried so much, it was so heartbreaking for America when this happens. Yeah. Sort of. And, and it, yeah, the movie is for them, definitely. Uh, so they they are allowed to give it an 8, 10 oh, out of yeah, 10. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Like you said, that's that's... That's what the movie's made for, so yeah. you can't really, yeah, you can't really blame them for liking it. Yeah. And I mean, those are the parts, like, like we said, the beginning and the end are the parts that really get to you. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've become like, like I said, back in two thousand and six, I wouldn't, I would have just scoffed at this because I was too cool for school. But uh, in the last few years, like stories like this really get to me. So yeah, I, I had tears in my eyes the entire ending. But I have to, I have to acknowledge that the middle of the movie is pretty boring, you know. Well, <sighs> uh, a review. I'm just gonna read the start of it. Uh, it's a one out of ten. Oh, jeez. A classless play on emotions. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I know that many people who don't like this movie say it's just because they thought it was made at an inappropriate time. Personally, I hated this movie on its own merit as a poor filmmaking. It seems Oliver Stone just decided he wanted to make a movie, any movie, about 9-11, and didn't care about the content of the movie. 
the end result was a movie such pitiful quality that one could go through the script and replace the term police officer with miner and World Trade Center with coal mine and the entire script would work perfectly as a cave-in disaster movie. It's generic. Well, yeah, yeah. like like we said, <laughs> most real-world stories aren't made for movies. Yeah. That's why, yeah, disasters are usually pretty similar when it comes to people in them, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I... I that's, that's... I, I wouldn't go so far. No, exactly, <laughs> yeah. He's... Uh, that, that, that's what I would have said back in 2006. Like, man, this sucks, mm. man. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, another one, which I, I... I... Just the title. One out of ten. Another Pearl Harbor. Hey, now. <laughs> that's... Uh, we, don't, Hold on. <laughs> don't compare with Pearl Harbor. That's... That's just... That's just insulting. That's a real disaster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so... It's it's uh, it's a few a few really low, but most is like middling and a few high. Yeah, uh, reviews. So yeah, again, six six out of ten. Yeah, and uh, if we, if we want to talk how we're gonna score, it's it's pretty similar to what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, we could just go. It feels like we don't have that much more to say about this movie. Not really, but uh, so we can go to score and then we can discuss Nicolas Cage because this is. The end of the season. We can discuss the season. Yeah. Nicholas Cage. We didn't mention um, that in the beginning, but we have mentioned it in past episodes for a while now. Yes. Yeah. We're eager to get this over yeah. with a little bit. Uh, so, what would you give World Trade Center from 2006? Um, I'm landing somewhere between a 6 and a 7, so I'll have to give it like a really, really strong. A weak 7. A weak 7. <laughs> I was going to say okay. a strong 6, but I'll say a weak 7. I'm going to give it, like, just a six. Not okay. strong, not weak, just a six. Yeah, okay. Because, yeah, it really yeah. works in the beginning and the end. But like I said, the middle, whew, boy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as stated, this is the last episode of this season of Nicolas Cage, the Nicolas Cage podcast. Yes. We have, as we talked about before, we have, because he made so many movies, we have split it up into seasons. Yeah. Uh, so the first season was uh, Road to Oscar, which uh, ended with leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, what do you uh, and what then, the Oscar? Yeah, and then this one we called Mr. Superstar, uh, season two, where it's this is sort of when Nick Cage was on top of the world. He was the guy, yeah. and then uh, next season is direct to DVD, which is sort of his fall from grace. Yeah, and as as we're recording this, um, our last week's episode is being released to Spotify and everything. Mm. Which is, of course, about the Wicker Man, which was the beginning of the downfall. Yeah. Uh, but he, he managed to squeeze in the World Trade Center before that, so well. that's why we're ending on that one. <laughs> I mean, if if the world, if he, if World Trade Center would go into production now, well, well, at, in 2006, after Wicker Man released, uh. I won't, I don't think he would have got the part. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. So what what do you think of this season? We started off strong with the the action movies, The Rock, Connor, Face Off. Yeah, the 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 Cage trilogy um, of action. Yeah, which as we as we said back then, like The Rock hasn't aged particularly well. No, but then uh, uh, Connor and especially Face Off are really really good action movies. Yeah, they st- they still got it. Yeah, Face Off is like one of the best movies, not just because of action, but his performance in it as well is insane. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's one of his best acting jobs. It's easy to forget because it is a quote unquote just an action movie. Yeah, but his uh, that he's playing like a character who plays a character who plays a character <laughs> is uh, is is impressive. Um, yeah. Then we got all went over to uh, City of Angels. Yeah, uh, the movie which is kind of weird sort of romance romance movies. Uh, it was it was a bit of a dip, but I mean it was still like he, he it's still like a it's a he's he's a big star and it's a big star movie. It's it's Meg Ryan. Wow. It's it's mid nineties. Like it's a it's a romance. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it was a big movie for the time. Yeah, and, and, and we see here he, he got these like like triple <laughs> A movies. No, these big blockbuster. Yeah, movies. yeah. And then we got over to Super Eight, which was a surprisingly good movie. Um, yeah, well, I mean... No, wait, So no, sorry, Snake Eyes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Snake Eyes before. <laughs> Snake Eyes was a surprisingly good surprisingly movie. Surprisingly good movie. That That's one yeah. of those, like... Uh, I even, I haven't revisited it because, you know, I haven't really had time with all the other movies. But that's yeah. that's a movie I, I really want to go back to because it's... It is such a... It's such a... Such a movie. It's so full of, like, energy <laughs> and, yeah, like, this filmmaking passion. Yeah. Except for the ending, but the rest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then we got Super 8, which was a, a fine, it's an okay thriller movie. Yeah. Uh, nothing real special. It's, it's something to, um, yeah, if if you like thrillers, yeah, give it a shot, but it's, it's nothing special. No. And then we got over to Bring Out the Dead. One of the again like, most like underrated uh, both Scorsese and Nicolas Cage movies, I think. Yeah, yeah, very, very interesting movie. Uh, great acting in that one too. Another Nicolas one of those Cage. movies I really want to revisit because, like I said at the time, I don't think I fully grasped it. Yeah. Like I said, there's so many layers and so much complexity to the story and the characters. Yeah. And then we have the last episode. Yes. Uh, Gone in sixty seconds, where our recordings uh, didn't really work out yeah my uh, my computer crashed so I, I before i could save my recording so we only yeah. had your audio which yeah. uh, but um, speaking of that i think at some point uh before we ki- officially kick off the next uh, season we should do uh maybe like a like a like a mini episode where we j- at least talk about it so we have it in the yeah. you know yeah, uh, it, we'll, we'll look whatever. into it. What we can yeah, do, in the or library. you can just t- you can just take my audio and just respond to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then and then uh, and that movie got really low scores uh, for this season. Yeah, four, four out of four from both of us because it was it was very meh, very meh movie. Yeah, and especially. F- uh, that was a movie I really enjoyed as a kid. Like yeah. I remember, like oh, it was so cool all the cars. But watching now, it's like the slowest movie about cars ever. Yeah, it's no. What were we said with like one car chase, which was boring. Yeah, <laughs> and their car, they're the like most dangerous car thieves in all of the land. But yeah, we never see and them I, like drive the cars. I think we compared it to uh, The Rock has a has a very bad. Uh, Chase scene, but that one was better than the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the one in Gone in Six Seconds. The super, super bloated twenty-five minute chase that leads nowhere. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then we got to the sort of Christmas movie, Family Man. Ah, yes, both really like. Yeah, Christmas in March or whatever it was. Yeah, and uh, well, at least you said that it's, it's gonna. 
come into the Christmas movie rotation for you, that one. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, then Cat and Corelli's Mandolin, which was... Uh, I thought it was surprisingly good. You didn't think it was as good as I did. Not as good. I still enjoyed it, but... Mm. That's though, one, like, having had more time to think about it, I could probably bump that up to a seven. Yeah. Uh, but we'll leave it at the six for now. You know? And I gotta say, that movie specifically seemed... That's the biggest... Uh, it, it feels bit most out of place in this season. Uh, Captain Crowell's Mandolin. You think? It, yeah, it doesn't feel like the, the super move, superstar movie as all the others do. Um... Well, I, I, I think at least. Now yeah. that we've gone through all the movies, it feels like that's that's the one who doesn't really fit in. Maybe not, um, yeah. Because it's, it's sort of a small movie with sort of a small story with no real super names attached to him, to it except maybe him. And it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Wind Talkers, which yeah. was a horrible... Surprisingly horrible bad, yeah. ...war movie. <laughs> You, because, g- you, you gave it the like the lowest score of this season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, it's tied with the lowest score on the on the whole podcast. Yeah, uh, and that's tied with Deadfall. Oh, you gave Deadfall? Oh, yeah, two. All right, mm. <laughs> you gave mm. Firebirds a three. <laughs> yeah, just above. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, and then the weird, because adap- Wind Talkers, again, just talking about what fits in, that is, that is a war movie, it's a big, extravagant yeah, war yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, so it fits in with the, the yeah. season, yeah. And then, and then Adaptation, with this weird artsy movie, also fits in, he's like, working with weird directors with, uh, that has very, uh... Unique visions, unique styles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I really like. I really enjoyed it. And then um, Matchstick Men, which was fine. It was an okay movie. Nicolas Cage was the best part of that movie. Oh, he was spectacular. But yeah, the, yeah. the movie meandered too much. Yeah. And then we got the Disney classic National Treasure, which yeah. we both gave a... It's fine. A fine adventure movie. Yeah, fine adventure Nothing movie. Nothing special. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, a good t- kids movie. Yeah. Uh, or, or like a family movie. Oh, yeah. Family taco night movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, Fits in very and, well with the Mr. Superstar uh, yeah. name. Uh, I mean, just a big, big um, Disney movie. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a store, superstar move right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we have uh, Lord of War, which uh, you didn't think was as great as I did. No. Uh, for, for me, it was a little too cool. Yeah, and I think that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I I just really like that movie. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Weatherman, which was... Uh, big surprise. Uh, big surprise. Uh, interesting movie, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's kind of this podcast's version of uh, Spanglish. Because it was yeah. such a surprise. And such a... Yeah. Uh, such a, like... Uh, un, you know... Un... I don't know how to say it. An interesting movie. Like, it's just a guy walking around, you know. Yeah. But it really surprises you with how dark and depressing and, like, hard-hitting <laughs> it is. Just yeah. like just like uh, a Spanglish surprised you with how, how like, detailed and, and beautifully acted it was by everyone involved. <laughs> uh, and I think Weatherman is also... I, I, here, 
I feel we sort of... The Weatherman also feels like sort of a step down from the spotlight, because that, again, sort of a, a smaller movie. Yeah. Uh, it definitely fits in in the Superstar yeah. season uh, with other movies, but it feels like he tried to take a, a, a step back a little in that movie. Yeah, but like like some people point out in the user reviews, it was uh, it was him trying maybe to like go back to the stuff he did before The Rock yeah. and you know face off and that like do more of a character driven uh, movie. Yeah, and then we have last week Wicker Man. Yeah. The, which, uh... the, the downfall. Well, I, I wouldn't. I don't say downfall. It's the beginning of the downfall. I would say it's it's one of the movies in his entire career which really shifted everything. Yeah, oh like yeah. leaving Las Vegas shifted him to the superstar genre with an Oscar. This one shifted him down from the superstar uh, genre. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Which movie would we say in in season one was like another shift movie to get him? Did we have any of those movies? Um, was it just leaving Las Vegas in the first season. Yeah, I think the movies that really, really shifted his career path. Sort of. Yeah, I really think that is uh, leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, and in this, so, yeah, in this one, I, I guess that's why we put the season endings there. It's a paradigm shift. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and Wickerman really just put the put the hurt on the career oh, yeah. his reputation at least yeah yeah I wouldn't say his career no, career, no, no of course but, but his reputation at least yeah. it really cemented him as this he's fucking crazy yeah um, but it doesn't yeah it, uh, for, for, the, for the next season he, it, his like stardom still lingers a little bit in the beginning with, with movies like Ghost Rider which was a big movie at the time mm. and of course National Treasure 2 um and a few, a couple of years after that, he made Kick Ass. But in between there, he started making those low budgets, like over the seas action movies. And then, yeah. and then after Kick Ass, um, there was a, there was an attempt with the Sorcerer's Apprentice, which is a Disney movie, but nobody cared yeah. about it. And yeah. then it's just like trash for for a few years. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the season, Mrs. Superstar. Yeah, uh, gotta, gotta say it's it's a full of a lot of good movies, but I prefer before the Oscar, I prefer Nicolas Cage before the Oscar. Yeah, there was a I bit think. more, uh, bit more variety in his in his um, his projects. Yeah, he, he the projects he did and his acting was more interesting because I don't think he he in this era he feels like. He had to rein it in a lot more. Yes. Sure. He he was it was rage caging and he did weird stuff, but he was a lot more uh, regular actor, put it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, in 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 before the Oscar, he was you never really knew what you're gonna get. Uh, yeah. He was, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good movies here. Uh, what's the which, which movie did you give the best? There was no movie we give. Got a lot of eights. Uh, there's a few eights. No, no nines. No nines. But there was, yeah. Well, I have one ten Vampire's Kiss in the first season, and yeah, one. Yeah, nine. no, I, I'm thinking this season. Oh, this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few eights, and out of those, so, um, I think my f- favorite. Hey, just uh, favorite favorite performance or favorite movie are I think different. I think my favorite performance is. It's adaptation or weatherman, but I think my favorite movie out of these 
Um, that's probably Face Off. It is so much entertainment. Yeah, I'm thinking. I think I'm gonna say that his best performance is Face Off. Okay. I think in yeah. this season. I mean, it's up there as uh, well. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the best movie for me is uh, hmm, it's either Snake Eyes yeah. or Bringing Out the Dead. It's one of those two movies. It's just the the best one. Um, yeah, yeah, like like all the ones I gave an eight. They're like they're like neck and neck. Um, yeah, definitely. So there's te- like it- it's technically like I guess more like higher higher scores in this one. It's just something about the more experimental stuff in the first season that, that is more interesting. Yeah, it was. It was in the first uh, first part of his career, first season. There was a very there was more. Uh, the high reviews was very high, and the low reviews were very low. Yeah. Uh, and this season, the low reviews are still pretty good, and the high reviews are still are pretty high. Yeah. There's no real super highs, no real super lows. Yeah. Uh, except for Wicked Man, but that's that's a special movie. <laughs> uh, um. So yeah. So, um. That was this season. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're gonna take a little hiatus. Yes. Over the summer, summer break. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I think we we said we're gonna start airing new episodes in like the end of September, beginning of October, or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, somewhere, somewhere in September we said. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we're gonna start with Ghost Rider from 2007. Yeah. So for everyone who wants to join us, then uh, <laughs> you can watch the go. You have like three months to watch the Ghost Rider. Yeah. There's no reason not to do it. Exactly. So. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, I- I'll make sure to post on, on the social media and on the YouTube uh, community tab and everything. I'll post, like, a couple of weeks in advance when we start releasing videos again. Or, or episodes again. Well, they are videos if you want to on YouTube, so. But, uh, yeah. for now, it's gonna be it. It's been a lot of a Nicolas Cage over the last few months, and, um... I am I'm happy to take a break <laughs> from watching Nicolas Cage. Uh so just before that, what do you feel? Are you what what is what is your feeling for the next season? Is it dread? It is yes, there's a lot of dread because okay. not only is um you know, from the few movies I have seen from this era that's coming up, the quality is lower and this season is much longer as well. I mean it's yeah, it's, it's, it's almost double. It's thirty-one movies uh, yeah. against this season, which was uh, 16, 17. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's gonna be quite uh, quite the marathon, quite the gauntlet to get through this season. But that's why we're taking a little longer break this time. Yeah, I I gotta say I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty. Uh, I wouldn't go so far to excited, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm not dreading it, because, yes, it is going to be a lot of shit, oh, and I'm yeah. probably going to have to eat these words somewhere <laughs> in the middle, but I think it could be a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun bad movies. I sure, think. yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm look, I'm, yeah, I would say I'm looking forward to it, but I, I am also happy with a break. <laughs> yes, yes, very much. So, uh, yeah, 
that's it. That's it for, for this week and this season. Um, thank you so much for uh, sticking around and listening. And um, if you want to support the show, if, if you like the show and you want to support it even more than just your following on whatever platform you're listening to this, check us out on patreon.com slash don't make a scene where you'll also get updates for when we start recording again. But there you'll also be able to listen to the episodes uh, in advance because we're going to record a bunch of them before we start releasing them. So you might even get them in like early September. Um, So check that out. And also um, tell your friends, tell your family and, uh, you know, make them, make, make them, make them listen to an episode or two. And we'll see you when the next season starts. But until then, have a good one. Bye. Bye, everyone. Madness in the Method is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It is hosted by Tobias Vedén and Christopher Billian. It is produced and directed by Tobias Vedén, after a concept by Christopher Billian. Executive producer is Annika Vedén and Laura Kinney. A big shout out to all our patrons over on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Laura Kinney, mom and dad.